With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers on a Tuesday in St. Louis. Is it freaking hockey season? not but my whole thing is why isn't it <laughs> getting closer boys i want it to be so bad. what are we like a month away from the first preseason uh probably preseason game, something like that, the actual, it's almost to the day a month away jeff good job jeff. I do. you know you guys know Could i you go, really you dig math i dig math so much wait so that's the first preseason game is a month yeah, away from yeah, today September and you knew that yeah, I, well, I heard it. I he saw it on the. On. I just went. It's got to be getting close. He's like, ah. it is getting close. So I was at the rink uh, yesterday, and on two at the Centene Community Ice Center, which is just awesome, fabulous. I was skating there Sunday again, there two weeks go. in a row. Uh, and Lance is awesome over there. And, and on one sheet of ice, I, I was able to get on the ice and working with the Kachuk boys while nice. they're in town. And I keep trying to, you know, work them, both of them, actually, to be like, hey, hey. ask for a trade. <laughs> Only St. Louis. On the <laughs> and they're like, just do the drills. Like, okay. Can right. you keep your mouth shut? Damn it. Damn it. But then on the other ice surface is the actual Blues team that were out there skating with uh, video coach Sean Farrell, assistant coach. I shouldn't say video coach because he's a skills coach as well and does a fantastic job. But Sean Farrell running the guys through the paces. Oscar Sundquist. Was on the ice in tracksuit, not full gear, so which is good because he's slightly ahead of schedule. And obviously they're going to be a little cautious with him when it comes to that. But uh, Tyler Bozak, there was a Tyler Bozak sighting mm. on the ice. Mm. Huh. Not in mm. blues gear, but Unfortunately, on the ice. he was actually working at the rink. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was uh, cleaning <laughs> up locker room 3B. Man's got no job, man. I, 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 is I he actually, homeless yet? I think he'll be okay. <laughs> I completely forgot. I mean, is he is he going to be somebody that, that they bring back? But I guess this kind of hinges on what happens with Tarasenko and how much money we eat and all that sort of stuff. The right? Robert Thomas-Vladimir Tarasenko combination is going to dictate, you know, where you go with a guy like Tyler Bozak as far as how much can you give him. And I... I don't know this, but I can only assume 
that they have had really good conversations, the Bozak camp and Doug Armstrong, that it's probably to a point where they're like, let's see what's left and see if that can whet your appetite to resign here. And if not, then obviously, you know, we can part ways. But I think Tyler Bozak loves it here. I think he really uh, enjoyed his time here in St. Louis. He's still here right now. Like I say, he's skating out with the guys, um, which tells me this is kind of home. Otherwise, why wouldn't he be back in Toronto or one of those spots skating? Because there's lots of ice time up there, I can tell you that much. But he's down here skating with the guys, and I know his wife is very fond of the city as well. So hopefully there's a deal in the 1.5 range where Tyler Bozak comes back. You get a guy that can play up or down your lineup anywhere you want. Great leader, great guy. Fingers crossed that that works out. And, and I, his, I, I'm sorry, his wife is a great follow on Twitter. Oh, too. she's amazing. Don't follow her in real life because they don't like that. <laughs> but, no, my yeah, my I question with Bozak that. is that just going to be a one year deal? You think it would be? Yeah, it just would be one, one, okay. one, one. Like depending on you know what the Blues need or what they what Tyler Bozak can do, it would be a one off. I think the rest of the way, Tyler Bozak, if he's lucky, could find a team. Maybe not if he's lucky. I'm sure if he looked at a lesser team, he could probably find a two year deal somewhere. But as of right now, why not take the one-year deal with a team that looks like it's going to be a, a strong team, a contender, and depending on how guys play, how they elevate, what happens with the Tarasenko deal, this could be, uh, this could be another year where the Blues end up in a conversation. Is Robert Thomas a restricted free agent? Correct? He is. Okay. Yeah. No okay. arbitration rights. Right. No arbitration rights. But I remember early on in this 91 Vladimir Tarasenko soap opera, you were saying how maybe he would be an extra piece to trade him off to somebody, the two of them, mm-hmm. him and Robert Thomas. Mm-hmm. Is that why they're not super concerned about signing him? I know you said he's no big deal. It's not going to be a bunch of money. He has no arbitration. But is it possible that they're waiting on giving him money until they maybe make a deal? Uh, no. Or is I, that silly? I I don't think it's silly. Okay, it's actually it's actually a good thought, which you should. Yeah, yeah. Right, man. Yeah. yeah, thank yeah. you very much. All right, that's the show, everybody. Um, <laughs> But I don't think the price tag that Robert Thomas is going to come in at is going to influence whether a team would take him in a trade or not. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah. they're looking at the player, the individual. There's only so much you're actually going to end up giving this guy. You're not going to give him five, six, seven million a year right now. You're going to kind of put that carrot out there. He's had a couple of up and down moments here. Two seasons ago, he was fantastic, put up almost a point a game. Last year was a little bit more difficult. So I think the Blues and anybody else who would trade for him would be like, you know what? That one-year deal or two-year deal at a very friendly number would probably be the best uh, thing to happen. But that's not going to determine whether or not a team would trade for him. I think if you're trading for Robert Thomas, you already know what you're What the price is going to be and whatnot. Okay. All right, so as we stand here a month away from the preseason opener, all right, like if you had to to kind of judge the mood Hmm. of the Tarasenko camp and Doug Armstrong Uh individually, Yes. As they are feeling right now, a month away from preseason, who's feeling? Is it, Do they both feel miserable and want it over? Is Doug kind of going, huh, I hope we're getting uncomfortable over there, 9-1? Or, can you kind of maybe characterize how you think that this is going in those camps? It's definitely both sides are miserable okay. right now um, because Vladimir Tarasenko wants to be somewhere else and Doug Armstrong wants him somewhere else, but at the right price, in the right circumstances. And so as much as Army is probably regaining some leverage in all of this. 
it's not fun. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. You have a team that's on the ice right now currently that's skating four times a week. They're getting ready to go. They're getting excited. Uh, Brandon Sod's in town, too. I forgot to mention oh, that. Nice. He's in town nice. early, skating with the guys, getting acclimated, which is always awesome. So you have this excitement, this momentum that you're trying to generate. And you got this gray cloud, black cloud, just hovering above the organization right now because you have your franchise player or former franchise player that is wanting out of Dodge. He wants out of here, you know? And so there's no there's no positive in okay. that. I think that the only thing that Army can hope for at this point is to wait as long as he can and then hope that Vladimir Tarasenko and his group of representatives say, you know what, we'll add a few teams here. We'll go to 16, 18 teams where my client would go. And then that gives Army another, it gives them a, a brand new, it's like re, refreshing the page on your computer, right? Because now what happens is anybody who was interested before out of the top 10 teams, now they got to realize, okay, wait, there's more people at the dance now, which means we may have to be, we may have to show a little more urgency in this trade, or it clears those ones off the dance floor and you get a whole bunch of new ones involved that are hungry to make a deal because they didn't get the free agent that they wanted. They couldn't get the trade that they wanted. They're looking at their lineup going, eh, maybe it's not as good as we thought. So I think it's essential in order to get this thing done that more teams are added to the mix here to create to stir it up a little bit. What what is um what's Flatty doing now? Like like uh, where would he be working Have you out? Seen at his or... wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I'm saying these other guys are are gets you. already working out with team members and things. Is Vladdy skating on his own, or is he somewhere else skating with guys that he knows, or or what's he doing? I don't have an exact location. Well, sure. I'm sorry. Going. I shouldn't have uh, probably tried to have you zero in. No, that's okay. you know what I'm saying. I, 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 I got to, his uh, uh, find my phone thing. So because, hold on <laughs> I tried to uh, put a chip inside his ear when he was sleeping one time. But you um, know, I mean, like, because he's got to skate, but you would think that he's got to be probably careful because of all the injuries and things like that. So I'm just kind of curious how he's getting himself ready to go to work. I believe he's over in Russia. Right now, uh-huh. and that uh, that was probably skating every with- day, working out, and doing all that stuff. And uh, because it's over in Russia, he's very much under the radar. Yeah, and so I, I can't imagine that he's sitting around with his feet kicked up. Sure, I would hope that he isn't. Uh, you never know, but I would hope that he's ready to, or he's trying to get ready to go for the upcoming season. I imagine that he's probably wanting this to get done sooner than later. Um, but, yeah, I think I think he's over in Russia right now, probably training every day and doing his thing, and then he'll probably wait to the last minute before coming over here to sure. wherever the location is. I don't know where the Ute Trail is, but that's where he is, U-T-E Trail. <laughs> I, I don't know, man, but, again, this is starting to sound a little creepy. No, like it's that great. That we're, it's <laughs> but all right. Well, so it's let me just on social media, so I'm okay. not being a freak. So I know that this is probably a stupid question, which Jamie, you're very much used to in this room with us. Colorado, but, Colorado, Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> but so oh, that's oh, what he's, doing. he's in Colorado. That son of a bitch. What's that's he okay. Doing? It's not if for the get avalanche. Oh, okay. Oh. Some edibles, I heard. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, did you? Maybe mm-hmm. something will bring him back down to earth. Yeah. So, so. Careful <laughs> with the eating, Vlad. You know, one of the things that we have talked about a couple of times with the Tarasenko thing is if he had to come back into the locker room, uh-huh. that, you know, it wouldn't be as crazy as we think it would be. Like nobody talking to him and things like that. Okay. So, 
what would stop him from just working out with his buddies, with skating with his buddies, getting a, a good lot. ice time? That's a that's a whole other animal. Okay, yeah, because because he's already asked for the trade. Yeah, no, he's not. Those guys don't want to hang out with him right now. If they're forced from a business standpoint Got to it. play alongside him, that's one thing. There you go. But you also one thing you can't forget in all of this is the people surrounding the team and how pissed off they might be, and how you know they could be whatever. Towards Vladdy, the training staff, the equipment staff, the coaching staff. Like, I know everybody, oh, you're supposed to be a professional. You are, but this guy just lit your entire franchise on fire and walked away from the burning building. And so you've got trainers and doctors and medical people that are probably like, you know what? Screw you. Oh, you need an ice bag, eh? It's over there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you need shoulder surgery here. Here's a scalpel. Yeah, see, but that that makes sense though. That's some perspective though. There, because because I I was just kind of under the impression, you know, that there was a level of professionalism. It's a business at this point, you know, and so everybody just kind of carries on, carries on. But that would be really hard for me to do, man. Like if I was one of those players, like Donnie, think about that for a second. If you were just on the staff or one of the players, it would bother me too, man. Even here, some somebody at radio came in and like basically verbally burned this place to the ground, and you. You were a big part of it, and it basically burned you to the ground in the process. Oh, 100%. That guy walks in. You're going to want to hang out with him and do oh, business? Absolutely uh-uh. not. No. Yeah, no way. It's the same thing. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll get through it if you have to. Mm-hmm. You'll avoid all contact. You'll do your thing. you walk to your office, get you know whatever. It's not going to be like, hey, bro. But at the same time, it creates a hostile work environment yeah. for everybody. And Doug Armstrong's going to want to avoid that at all costs. And the leadership group, I'm sure, the players are like, hey, it is what it is. Right. We'll have to battle through whatever the scenario is. It would be better if we didn't have to go through that. But it's for if it's for the best of the team, then the leadership group will step up and be like, hey, guys, we – this has to happen. It has to get worse before it can get better, and we need to get through this. Two things. When, how long, how much longer do you think this is going to fester? And I know that you, you're not in on it or anything, but your gut feeling is if you were a GM, how much longer would you wait? I w- in the next 14 to 20 days, I would want this done. I personally wouldn't want 91 touching the ice in training camp just for a, a lot of reasons. Um, but, yeah, I would like this done in two weeks. Two weeks to me, would be the maximum that I'd want to go. I'd like to have guys who are continuing to arrive for training camp be clear-minded and ready to go and focused, and this is our group. And you start to build relationships. You start to build that chemistry where this just feels like it's an odd piece that you keep trying to put into the puzzle, and it's like, eh, it may fit, it may not fit. Mm -hmm. If it fits, great. If it doesn't, there's a problem. We can't finish the puzzle if the piece doesn't fit. And I'd rather just get rid of that piece. I feel very I feel guilty on how I feel about Tarasenko at this point because I know it's not rational. Like I, I am very bitter, Bill, about this, right. and I know that. But what that, are you bitter about? What What is it that's bitter? Just Let's bitter, validate your feelings. No, no, no. Here. I'm just bitter about the way that in which that that he handled it. I feel as though, and I've said this to Jamie, I've said this to you, that if those surgeries were hosed up, he's got every right to be pissed off and to want to be out. Totally get it. Totally get it. I just thought the way that he went about it, 
is not deserving of the organization and the, the people that have put the teams together. But that's when I start to get but also real bluesy he, and in my heart. You and know he, he may have kind of screwed himself over a little bit by doing that, too, because it narrows down the no, amount of teams for sure. as well. So he, he screwed everybody in the entire situation. But I know as a grown ass man that this is a business and that. This is going to happen a hundred more times over the course of my life as a sports fan, and I just need to get over it. But it just it's it's sticking it's a it's a burr in my saddle. Well, it's it's easier to to uh, deal with things like this when you stop considering yourself as an adult. That's the way oh, I, right, I, right. I, I, that's I think. Good, that's a, a good point. I just think as a child, therefore, I don't really keep this stuff in my head. Does <laughs> yeah, that make Jeff, sense? But that's by default. We don't really have another choice. Hey, hey, hey. Can I do I, have a learning disability. Can I, I completely sure. change the subject? <laughs> Probably. Really quick. No. Well, I mean, we're, 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 we're wrapped up with what we were going there. I got a question for both you dudes. Okay. Yeah. Have you, see, and this eight, is not even hockey I'll tell related. you before we even ask. Eight and a half and meatloaf. Yes. Have either one of you guys had hernia surgery? I yeah. have not. Oh, I've no. got a crazy hernia story. Seriously. He has well, wait, a hernia. What do you, what do you don't mean flip a crazy out. hernia story? Don't flip him out. Well, it's, it's too late at this point. It's Johnny, too late. It, Let I, me have it. Listen, I was near death, but it's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it so, was near death, but it's all about you, Donnie. Okay, I have a crazy... Why would he do that? Because he's a jerk. <laughs> I have a crazy hernia story, for real. And all this right. was uh, about three weeks before my very first training camp with the Detroit Red Wings. And I got up in the middle of the night to urinate. And as I was urinating, I sneezed, and I felt a pop. Mm. And I was like, what the hell was that? And I never thought anything of it. Just continue. I'm training every day. I'm sure. skating every day. And then all of a sudden, like three, four days later, it was like painful. I'm like, son of a gun. So I quietly, on the side, called the blues doctor who who took care of things like that, those kinds of surgeries. And I... Went down there, and he goes, oh, dude, you got a hernia. He's like, when you were, you know, whatever, and you sneeze, it's like you jarred it. Whatever it is, it's like you had scar tissue. Boom. You need surgery. Three weeks away from training camp. Mm, good my very, timing. My very first Red Wings training camp. I'm like, well, what can we do? He goes, there's a new procedure. We just go in, we make a little incision, and we go in and put a mesh or whatever this thing is. And he's like... Recovery time, though, is basically what you can handle. He goes, you got to take a few days where you don't do anything, but then after that, it's whatever you can handle. And so I went in and got the surgery, and I waited like two days, and then I was back on the ice, back in the gym. Like, not crazy, not insane in the membrane here, but a little bit over, you know, but I got through it. I ended up at training camp, and they did all their physicals and all that stuff, and I passed everything with flying colors, did all the fitness testing, was on the ice, and obviously played that whole season with the Red Wings and signed for two more years. It worked out. So depending on how severe your hernia is and depending – now, okay, so here's the caveat to it all, though, and this is no disrespect to you. I was in professional athlete. Oh, shape. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that helps a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. The recovery time yeah. gets shrunk down when your whole body is like, because I was trying to peak at that point right before training camp. You're, you know, you're, you don't have any fat on you, your body fat, you're in great shape, your cardiovascular is incredible. So that healing process, my body was probably working overtime and healing faster than it probably would be. If it was another time, mm-hmm. so that would be my only thing is don't use it, don't gauge it off of me. And I'm also an insane psychopath. So <laughs> thanks for taking my line. So, I was going to say that about you. All right. So so, so where are you at on this? Uh, so about two weeks ago, 
I, I've had this issue for a while, and it's just gotten to the point where, like, I'm being an idiot by continuing to put it off and to put it off and put it off. And Mary kind of, like, had a moment a few weeks ago where she was like, honey, you're a grown man, and blah, 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 you need to get this taken care of. And I was like, oh, gosh, you're right. It's so stupid. So <laughs> this is a legitimate thing. <laughs> I went to a doctor. Doctor referred me to a surgeon. I go to the surgeon. The surgeon says, all right, well, I need to take a, a look at the hernia. And so I pulled down my pants, mm-hmm. and he looked at it and goes, oh, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and I was like, I was, was like. the first time you heard that. Oh, right. okay, great. Well, you're right. Thank you. Was he Thank looking you. at the hernia when he said yeah, that's bad? Yeah, I think okay. so. All I right. think so. So. <laughs> So he ends up, he, to find out if I can have this particular kind of hernia surgery, he has to attempt to push the hernia or push it yeah, back push in. Back yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's popped up. Isn't it supposed to make it feel better? And now it does, but that, but that day but and the day after. If you sneeze, it could pop back out again. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, like, it was super, super sore. And I'm just, you know, like, I haven't had surgery like since I was eight and had tubes in my ears, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. so, like this whole thing to me is just different and foreign. What's he recommending? Is he recommending the same kind of thing as that I had? It, yeah, Similar? it's a it's a it's a light lithroscopic, and they make yeah, like they make three incisions. Little we yeah, like yes. nothing to it. Yes, three incisions, yeah. and then they they're supposedly they they put they build a wall for it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it'll keep. It'll keep it where the doctor It'll pushed push it, it too. Yes. Then, okay. Yes. Donnie, this is nothing. Put a tailgate cool. in is what Dude, they're doing. Dude, it's nothing. Yeah. But it's just it's the, but it's just Dude, no one that it's around happened. the same day. You probably shouldn't be, but you could. Like you know, you're going to live a normal everyday life right after. Well, yeah. And I, then the next day, and the next, it's going to get. It's all you got to make sure is you're not overexerting yourself to blow out that wall again. Yeah. Which will take some time to heal. And it's so weird too, man, because I've never had any of this happen. So like in taking days off, I was like, all right, well, surgery is on Tuesday. So I know I'll be gone Tuesday, Wednesday, but I don't know about Thursday, Friday. And and Tommy, the boss was like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, take what you whatever time right you now? need, yeah. dude, man. I've like, got one of those silly, laptops right? they gave me here. You just do it from home. You know, that's, he, also, do he, also said that yeah. he also said that, too. Did he but, say that? Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Now, you're only, Jamie, your only side effect from that surgery was becoming a Red Wing, though, correct? <laughs> yes. Is that, that was a yeah. major side effect. Boom. Yeah. Really that's is. a good line. Thank you. Fun. You know what? I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> that piece of crap jersey, <laughs> I, not I, iconic at all. I know St. Louis Blues fans from back in the day will hate to hear this. I loved every minute of being I a Red know, Wing. Did. Well, how could you not? I, I mean, come on. special. You're a jerk. How could you not? I think I'm kind of adopting them as my Eastern Conference team. You should. Should. I, I I just dude like everything about and uh, honestly and then I walked around the building which makes me think that I had some kind of blah blah blah. Oh, the but little that new, Caesars, the that, new one. The that new place is incredible. beautiful, That's man. City, That's what you keep basically. saying, yeah. Keep it's just, saying it's, it's beautiful. But I, I I don't know, man. I, I I still though it's still weird to me thinking positive thoughts about that jersey and that team. They just kicked our ass for so long, and I was so bitter. Is that your? I mean, obviously, it's either Chicago or them for me. Your most hated NHL team. I, I hate. Yes, it, Chicago. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the Hawks, but like uh, the Abs are getting up there. Yeah, I really, really, really don't like that team. Overall, take it out of just hockey, all sports. What is your who or what is your biggest enemy when it comes to St. Louis sports? St. Louis sports. Yeah, well, Chicago man. No, it's no, Cubs. It's Hawks. Cubs and Hawks. What about an individual of some sort? Like a lot of people would say. 
you know, um, oh boy, who did who were we talking about the other day? Oh, like a Brandon, uh, is it Brandon Phillips from from Cincinnati, the Reds? Yeah, yeah, their second baseman. Okay, yeah. somebody like that. Somebody mentioned Jeffrey Leonard with the one flap down yes. after hitting home runs. Yes, in that style, who do you think? Well, right now it's Nick Castellanos, that uh, that jerk bag for the Reds. Sure, yeah, uh, I, yeah I like. like what you say now? I kind of like. He's an amazing player, dude. He's an amazing player. And he's I, I understand your hatred 100%. Yeah. The other side of it, I'm like, I kind of respect <laughs> Dude, it's, I think it's the typical, like, if he was on your team kind of thing, 100%. then you freaking love He's the man. Chris Draper, Kirk Malpe. There that you'd you be like, I'd love to have them, but I hate to play against right, them. Right, right. Absolutely. That was so. just my first was, My first thought was Mark Stone. Yeah. From Vegas for it was Bozak he put out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. You- and which, by the way, if Mark Stone was traded here tomorrow, right. Vladimir Tarasenko. You'd probably be pretty pumped about. I wouldn't Mark probably Stone. totally would be hundred <laughs> you know, percent. That's not going to happen. You know, way. speaking of that, and <laughs> and that being a year ago, is that something that will be taken into the season next year? Like, will dudes still Bloody. remember that? Who? Well, well, like, I mean, will Blues players still look at Stone and go? They had you, eight games against the guy. They did nothing. Right. You, that's why you he's tell saying me should if they? it's going to continue. You know what's that pretty thing co- was over by the time the final buzzer went. You know what's kind of crazy, I'm man? I'm still sleepless at night thinking about that. I'm going to hit Mark Stone in the face when I see him at the friggin' center. You know what's crazy, though, man? When we ask him a question like that, and you can very much feel his personal feelings about the Blues not doing anything oh, yeah, as far 100%. as retribution yeah, for it that. It should have been done before the game was over. Justin Falk stepped up, dropped the mitts right away, and went after him. But to me, that's not enough. That's not your pound of flesh. Justin Falk is not your guy that gets the pound of flesh. That is the... Hey, we're ticked off. We're not going to take it. 100%. Great. Your pound of flesh is Kyle Clifford. Hey, buddy, step up here. Right. It's somebody. Mackenzie McEachern, you're allowed to do something out there. Somebody go out of their way to make a point or go after another player on their team that's really good, and you tell them that's for Mark Stone. And they didn't. Um, we we talked right before we started uh, the podcast about how you wanted to bring up Jaden Schwartz. Schwartz. Because he changed his last name of Schwartz recently. Uh, no, he didn't change his <laughs> name. Oh, he didn't? He changed his number a couple of years back, though, Jeff. That's very perceptive. No, you mean a cell because I kept texting him? Mm, well, that was, yeah, court-mandated. But um, was it The Athletic where the article was? Yeah, Jeremy yeah. Rutherford wrote what a great an awesome piece. Was. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing because I think people should go, one, subscribe to The Athletic because JR, Jeremy Rutherford, and everybody else at The Athletic does a fantastic job of putting pieces like this together. But also read it. It's it's very, very interesting. It, it brings you behind the curtain for a professional athlete going through some tough times personally. And everybody has these tough times. That's what I talked to Jeff about, Donnie, before you got in here was we've all had personal tragedies and we all have obstacles that we deal with and we march forward, right? We do our job. We show up. We put our brave face on. We cry at home. We laugh in public. It is what it is. I think it's a little different, and I could be wrong, and you guys can correct me. I'm certainly open to that, is I think it's a little different when you're a very, very public figure and you have to perform at a very high level physically, okay? I'm not talking about getting, you know, going to be an accountant or a lawyer and all that because I'm sure that's taxing and exhausting too in, in a different way. But Jaden Schwartz, you know, he lost his sister a couple of years ago or a number of years ago uh, to her battle with cancer. And that was really, really hard on him. And he got through it, right? He got through it with the support of his dad, his mom, his family. And then this last offseason, he lost his father. And 
he talks about in the article how he just was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I can keep going. And he was, you know, when you say unmotivated, it's not unmotivated in a way that a player was like lazy. It's unmotivated, and I'm sure he had a massive bout of depression. I'm sure he had a lot of uh, strong feelings and sadness throughout this whole thing, probably wondering why. Why my sister? Why my dad so early? And he just felt like he didn't get the proper time to train last summer. He wasn't focused on that. And that he may not, he, he probably was, he was thinking about not even coming back last season. But he did. And he talks about how it was because of his teammates and the support that he had. And, you know, we're critical of these guys. We are. And Jaden Schwartz probably could have had a better year statistically last year for the St. Louis Blues. But then when you stop and you go back and you read this article and you and you kind of put yourself in that person's position, it had to be extremely difficult to do that, all the while trying to earn your next contract. Unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So talk about the pressure involved and all that. And so maybe maybe leaving St. Louis, maybe going to Seattle is a fresh start for him, you know, mentally kind of moving the ball forward. I know he loves St. Louis. Absolutely loved every single friggin' minute that he was here. And I think that we saw that in the way he played and how hard he played. And then also what he went through and continued to play for our team. Um, I'm going to look over and see if there's anything big in front of you before I ask this. Uh, but well, I'm... there is. I'm... I, Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. I'm putting on the hat of the uh, keyboard tough guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if everything you just said was a Twitter post, yeah, you would be hit in the face with, "Come on, man, cry me a river. You make a lot of money, dude. You make several million dollars a year. Bucket, you know, come on, step up. Let's do this. You can dry your tears with dollar bills, man. Come on. Remember, that's not me. That's other people, Donnie. I I, I this mentality is so backwards and such BS that it pisses me off to no degree. And it's something that, that <clears throat> over time, and, and unfortunately this has been a, a, matur- a thing with, with, with me maturing a little bit, is like, dude, the game is the game. That was Jaden Schwartz's dad that had a heart attack while he was, was shoveling freaking snow. I cannot even imagine that having your father taken away from you after you had all of that stuff going on with your sister. That, to me, is when the sport becomes absolutely secondary and you need to get yourself right, and however that is. And if that's to not play anymore, if that's to move, if that, that's whatever, you have to be watch out for you. And all of these dumbass keyboard warriors, which there's they just there's more there and way more too of them every man. Yeah. Who cares, man? Like, I know that that's an easy thing to say and not necessarily maybe a, a an easy thing to do, but man, dude, like it break it, reading that article, it, it it broke my heart for the guy, you know. And I had a ton of respect for him anyway, man. Mm. But you totally get it. I totally the get way it. I look at how somebody reacts to somebody's death is, I don't know how they're going to go through that if I haven't gone through it yet. You know what I mean? There's a, there's uh, there's a, a relative of mine who lost her husband a long time ago. And they were very well off then. And then she got a huge settlement when her husband was killed by uh, a bad cab driver. Okay. Huge settlement. And she has bought a couple of Corvettes and she's done this and she's gone on vacation here. She's got a couple of places down at the lake and all this other stuff. And everybody went, 
damn, you're taking your husband money because your husband was killed and you're throwing it around like this, right? And if you didn't know her, you would know that – or if you knew her, you would know that this is what her and her husband were going to do anyway. Their plan was to buy a couple of Corvettes to have fun later in life because he was very well off before he passed away. They were going to buy a place down at the lake. So she was doing those in honor of him, but freaking alone, man, alone. And people gave her so much crap about it. That's why a guy like Jaden Schwartz, if he gets to where mentally he can't do his job, I'm okay with that. You, you know, know what I mean? I, uh, listen, uh, listen. We in my in my in my house. Um, I you know I think it was seven years ago, six years ago. Uh, it'll be seven years in February that my ex-wife and my oldest son's mom uh, passed away from brain cancer, and it tore him apart for for two years. Benjamin was lost. It was horrible. It took a lot of work for homeboy to get to where he is now. And for any of these folks that are experiencing these kinds of losses, man, as long as it's not an unhealthy way, you're, you're doing drugs or whatever, man, right. like, you got to work it out. Like, that's not an easy thing to just be able to move on because you play a sport. Like, that to me is absolutely insane. And I just, you know, man, I just... I just wish that that sports fans could appreciate the the person, the human that's behind mm-hmm. all of the awesomeness. Yeah, paychecks don't make sadness go away when you're freaking dead. Hell no, dead, they don't, man. Dumb, no, if they know? did, if they did, there's a lot of rich people that wouldn't be as depressed or sad as they are and right therapy now. And, and therapy or and the drugs, like you're drugs talking about. or yeah. trying to fulfill something that they're not getting. The biggest thing for me, guys, is that Jaden Schwartz was ready to leave that paycheck behind. And, yeah, he's paid to do a job. And, no, that's what you're paid for. I get it. And there's probably the argument on both sides of the aisle here to where the guy who, um, you know, his father died, but he had to get up at 5 a.m. and go work on the roads uh, to make sure that they, they had a highway or a bridge was finished. You know what? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And he didn't get paid like Jaden Schwartz got paid. It's not wrong. All I'll say is this, is everybody deals with situations differently and it doesn't matter what the dollar value attached to your salary is if you're hurt if you make five bucks an hour or you make five million dollars a year that's what we need to care about is that person feeling better getting better let's not worry about the money because that's that's just you know what that's secondary so when when a player takes a like a leave of absence uh, like when a player takes a leave of absence for, you know, to kind of get his mind right or, mm-hmm. or, or things of that nature. As a former athlete, Jamie, what do you think about that? Because I know that that's a delicate balance, too, because you are playing on a team. And I know you, you know, I, I was just hell bent on you getting yourself right. But at the same time, I would think you've you got to be tugged, you know, with, with the team side of things, too. Yeah, there's nothing, no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, you look at that and... You have injuries that happen all the time and things that happen. You got a teammate, you got a brother, man, that has something he's dealing with and he has to leave for a short amount of time, an extended period of time. You guys pull up your socks and you go and you play hard and you play for him and you make sure that he's okay and you try to win as many games as you possibly can so that individual doesn't feel like, man, I need to come back and I'm not ready or the pressure of it. No, I got no problem with that at all. It, uh, yeah, zero issue. You know what? And I don't want to keep talking about death, 
uh, but I'm gonna, uh, that uh, Jimmy Hayes, did you know Jimmy Hayes who passed away? I did not personally know him, no. And the reason why I want to bring this up, I don't want to continue to talk sadness about death and stuff like that, but I sat and watched a report on NHL Network. I, I think it was just on their, whatever their sports center, version of sports center mm-hmm. is. And the two guys, one was Rupp, and the bald, Rupp, yeah. bald guy with the beard, mm-hmm. and then the other guy who's normally the host, he's very, very emotional and very, very animated uh, yeah, when he talks. What's his name? That. I love I've... him, and I... Disrespectful. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know his name off the top of my head. Uh, I, and I don't believe either one of them ever met this Jimmy Hayes guy. Okay. Both of them were bawling just about when they were talking about him, which is making me emotional right now. You guys are tight, man. Hockey's tight. Bro. It's really. It's beautiful. It's actually. tight. It it's really a, is. It is a tight knit group, and you, you do have you have guys that you battle with and things like that. But at the end of the day, man, it's it's a brotherhood. It really is. I mean. I would never compare anything to the military because that's a whole other level of brotherhood slash commitment. But I do feel like there is an element of that with hockey guys. You know, I can't speak to other sports. I haven't played them professionally. But I do know that hockey guys, when there's a, a, a guy that's in need of something or he's, he needs help or he, this or that, the other, they step up, man. The yeah. NHL Alumni Association is incredible. They make sure that... No man left behind. Like, they're trying to make sure that all the difficulties that guys have, and they're helping them. They're doing their best. Well, and I've said this a million times before, but I think what separates you guys as far as being cool to each other and cool to every everyday individuals like Donnie and I is because so many times, not as much now, uh, especially in the Midwest, but so many times when your parents or you realize at the age of 12 or 13 that, hey, I got something here. you got to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then you're with a host family. And if you're a dick to a host family, you're gone. Oh, then yeah. you got to go home and explain it to your parents. Yeah, yeah. no, you. So go- it turns you into a gentleman pretty quick. A gentleman, uh, you, you're very appreciative of people that do things for you, that help you out. You're going to – because you definitely – you need people's help. And for the hockey world, and I'll speak to that because that's all I know, is it takes – when you talk about it takes a village, right, to raise a kid, it takes a village to produce an NHL hockey player because you don't just come out of the womb and all of a sudden you're ready for the first-round draft. That's not what happens. There's a lot of things along the way. There's coaches that you have. There's teammates that you have. There's teachers in school because they're going to have to work with you because your schedule is is jacked up. When you're traveling three or four days in a week and you're driving through the night and your homework's behind and you need help and it – your teachers have to be able to help you, and you have to count on them. What age did you start missing school and traveling and stuff like that? Fifteen. Wow. Fifteen. Fifteen. Man. My sophomore year in high school, uh, things got crazy, and you know you, you you rely on people for that. You got family, friends, teachers, coaches, and by the time a host family, wherever you end up living, and by the time you get to the NHL, there's been a lot of people that have handed you down the line. It's like taking something and moving it on to the next person, and they take it and move it on to the and next you're be- person. And you're better when they move. You're a better person and a better hockey player when they move you to that next area. Exactly. That's man, why, that's why they're so tight, man. I love that. I think that's so neat. And there's just, no other, in my mind, there's no other sport that's like it that. It doesn't seem like the brotherhood mentality is so strong in the other sports as it is in hockey. I very well could be wrong, but just as an outsider looking in, it just looks like you, it almost is, it seems like you guys all know each other somehow, yeah. some way. Well, well, yeah. And ironically, I believe you brought up the Kachuk brothers. Isn't that their cousin? Jimmy it Hayes, is. isn't that their cousin, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough time because, I was, like I said, I was with those guys 
um, yesterday morning, and obviously this news hadn't surfaced yet. So I uh, sent those guys a text last night just saying, hey, you know, sorry about your loss. And Matthew Kachuk had posted a, a, something on Instagram. It's it's amazing, man. Like it's all intertwined. Oh, if you, you just scroll down Twitter, and it's like he played for how many teams? Four or five teams? Yeah, something four like or that. five teams. But like every team and the NHL all came out and said, "Man, this really sucks." You know that sort of thing. Pat Maroon had a really beautiful post. Yeah, about he too had a on great Instagram, one too. Man. And it's to our to your point, Jeff, and people that help you along the way. It's not just all those teachers and that, your teammates too. Yeah. Pat Maroon's post on Instagram was talking about how Jimmy Hayes helped Pat Maroon. Realize that the the bad stuff isn't always so bad, and tried to spin it to a positive. And Pat Maroon said, "I learned from that, and I've become a better player, a better person since that whole moment." So it's crazy. So, so to smile before uh, we get too sad here, and I don't know if we'll be wrapping up things soon here. But speaking of Pat Maroon, did you see what he and his son did when they had uh, they had the cup? And I guess they went somewhere. Oh, they went to a coffee place that they always go to before the game. Like it's the oh, coffee spot down in Tampa. Yeah, down in Tampa. Okay. Sorry, uh, you know, hey, I got a game, or I'm going to the rink. I'm going to stop here. So they went there with it, and there, I guess, the person who always makes a the coffee. They had a chat with them. They're leaving, and his son, Maroon's son, says, "Why don't we just roll up to somebody's house, just for the hell of it? Let's just roll up to somebody's house and surprise them." Pat's like, "Great idea." So they started driving, and they saw a house. With a bolt uh, uh, banner on there, oh my god, and a Buccaneers banner on there too. It they was just, Tom Brady's house. They pulled, <laughs> <laughs> I said house, not mansion. That's a good. Point. They pulled up, and the son who lives there came up on his bike and said, "Hey, this is my house. What's going on?" And Maroon was like, "Go get your dad." Or no, he said, "Let's knock on the door." Knocked on the door, and there's pictures all over. I mean, they just came in and said, "Hey, we saw the bolts thing. Let's do a picture with the freaking Stanley Cup." And there's more to the story. I think they have a son that died or something like that. It's crazy good karma from Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon, one thing he should he should never have to buy a drink or a meal in St. Louis again. Ever? Wait, Ever. so he drinks, right? Is that what you said? Uh, occasionally, <laughs> yeah, each day. Sundays. Um, and but look what he's doing. Down in Tampa, yeah, the big rig is a legend down in Tampa. Like, if Pat Maroon chooses to, which I don't know if he will, he could make that his permanent home and come back. And I know he has a place here in St. Louis and kind of bop back and forth. But that guy could run for mayor down there <laughs> with the the antics that he's provided with his, you know, the big rig and I'm back-to-back last year and he's out no shirt on the weekend at Bernie's look. <laughs> and then this year with all the long hair and doing all and all the little things he's done along the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, if he's not one of the most popular, if not the most popular player in Tampa as far as hockey's concerned, I mean, it's just a matter of time. I and- love a guy that has had success, by the way, after he bet on himself here in St. Louis, if you remember, mm-hmm. and is just enjoying it but and i mean you know how do i say this i feel like he's like like the everyday guy he yeah. is you know what i'm saying like dude like, he's the big burly biker guy on the weekends that's like hey he works in the machine shop uh monday to friday and on the weekends he rides his hog around town <laughs> can you be more blue collar than winning the stanley cup and then going playing at a roller hockey tournament <laughs> 
That's a good point. <laughs> Dude, that's like, a great point. Like, I had a really good chicken strip last night, and I feel like he would appreciate that. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just normal guy stuff. Absolutely. Went to Culver's, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was really good. Yeah, I, I, I don't ever really go to Culver's. I, have so, a, uh, I drive past a Culver's twice a day at least, and I've never been. Yeah, mm. didn't love the fries, but the, the, yeah. the, the chicken finger did the do job. Do you do the cheese curds or no? Have you done nah, the cheese man, curds I don't do cheese there? curds. Oh, so, you know? The deep fried cheese curds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had them. I thought they're okay. You know what I can do? You guys like tater tots? Oh. Yeah. Okay, I was just taking a survey. No, uh, at Burger King, they have the new cheesy tater tots. They're back. It's tater tots with cheese on the inside. So good. Are they really? Really, really? good. Really, if you're really hungry. That sounds unhealthy, Jeff. <laughs> it was. back away from that. It was. It was very unhealthy, <laughs> yeah, and I dude, enjoyed it. And Mr. Svelte over here yeah, is not going to be hang, hanging on to the tater tots Holy with cheese cow, on the look inside. Look at you. What's left of you? What are you weighing now? 215. What were you when you started? 268. Oh, boy. Hold on a second. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. Congrats, dude. That's really good. And still feeling good. And and awesome, man. Feeling awesome. I'm telling you, man, him next to Pareko out there. I think that's what you're going for. Listen, well, if I'm with him, he can definitely make up for my <laughs> You go get it, Colton. Yeah, yeah, so, it would be like when Al was my partner. Start, by the way, every dump in, you're going to get it. <laughs> Okay. So, so the next time that we do this, though, we probably – as we're as we're a little bit closer, I mean, I, at some point, are we going to start breaking down the team for this year? What we think, those kinds of things. Johnny, I that's mean, a good idea. We yeah. should probably talk hockey. Yeah. Well, do we want to break stuff down, or do we want to do no, hot takes? Did you say break stuff? Break stuff down. Oh, okay. Or do we want to do hot takes? Ooh, I don't like I'd hot like to, takes. I think I'm good at hot takes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, right. I don't think that yeah. I, I you know like that I'm good I at hot takes. I actually really like your hot takes. I don't think they're good. I just think that's no, the only thing I can control. No, he said you like them. <laughs> I never said they were good. Don't yeah. get confused. Right. Well, fine. I'm they're, saying They're more like warm takes. No, they're great. We'll take them. They're great. No, I say a hot take and then go, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that out loud. (laughs) That's that's how that works with the hot takes most of the time. All right, Last Minute Blues podcast. Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango. We're getting closer to blues hockey. Make sure you're sharing us with your hockey loving friends. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music, and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.